Hello, you're listening to Recommendations from my Taku Spouse or Otafu Sisume. I'm Jen. And I'm Wesley. So let's get started. In this episode, we are back with more anime. Kind of. Kind of. Well, it is an anime. It is an anime. It's an true. anime movie. But I feel most people, when you say anime, assume TV series. TV series. Fair point. But this is an anime movie. Yes. That I dragged Wes to. Oh, I, uh, I think that's unfair. Dragged Wes to, kicking and screaming, his nails making dents in the floor as I dragged his feet. <laughs> I'm the one who saw this was playing in theaters and said, oh, Jen, this is based off that novel you like. We should go see it. Well, I think we had already planned to go see it. We just kind of forgot that it came out. So I'll be honest. I saw the cover of the novel in the store recently with a new anime cover. I went, oh, this is a book Jen likes. Oh, it's getting an anime. But I assumed it was some TV series and just kind uh, of- not I the to- movie. Yeah, I told you about it and just kind of blew it off and whatever. And yeah, life's happening. And then when I found out it was a movie, I was like, oh yeah, I'm willing to see it. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yes, I went. I dragged you off to see Kagami no Kojo. Yes, Kicking and Screaming. Which is not the name of the book. Kicking and Screaming is not the name of the book, I mean. No, 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 no. no but no. That you were Kicking and Screaming. Yes. Yes. As uh, I often do. Yes. But Kagami no Kojo, its English title is The Lonely Castle in the Mirror. I don't know when the movie is coming out in the West. Okay. I don't... It, it's probably going to come out at some point. I feel a lot of these get at least a limited release. Yeah. You know, a quick blitz through the theaters where they show, like, subbed one night and dubbed another night. Actually, I feel like this is one of those movies that might not even be released in the West, in the cinemas. Because it's not like... Like, your name was... Oh, maybe, but it sort of get released, like, streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I feel like, like this, this might end up getting released on Netflix, knowing the kind of show it is. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully. Because, like, Pancreas came out in the West, didn't it? I want to eat a Pancreas? I don't remember. I saw it in the cinemas here. But that had both an anime and a live action, right? It did. Live action definitely didn't make it out. No, they usually don't. I have no idea. I don't have no idea if I went to your pancreas made it into the cinemas in the West. But did it even come out in streaming? I don't know. Oh. I don't know if it's even available in like Crunchyroll or something. Wow. Well. Maybe, maybe you can get it through like Sentai. Based off of this one. I would say that's a shame, but I haven't watched Pancreas, so I can't speak on behalf of that one. Well, that is on my list of things to recommend to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was planning to make you watch that at some point. Thank you for reminding me. Pity. <laughs> but, so, but Lonely Castle in the Mirror. Lonely Castle in the Mirror. If you can't see the movie right now, you can at least go read the English translation of the book. Yes. The official English translation. I know that one came out. Yes, that definitely came out. It's up, its cover is really, really ugly. Wow. And it's super Japanese and it's not as nice. Like, oh, the cover. The, the, cover. Co- the cover. Like, the person went, oh, Japan, I'm going to make this really red. What is red? Okay, I guess the Hinomaru, the rising sun. Yeah. Fine. You uh, just, just the outside. Pink. Pinky, red? red. It just, it just annoys me because the Japanese cover is so nice and then the Why Western cover it? is really ugly. Yeah. Maybe because. So the default, I said I saw the anime cover recently in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. The default cover. Of the novel. Of the novel. In Japanese. In Japanese. It's in really Japan, cool. Is cool. Yeah. But it does slightly feel anime-ish. Yes. And so if they're trying to get a wider audience. Yes. Because yes. no matter what some people may say, anime slash manga is still not recognized as a legitimate 
art form or medium. Yes, when you look at the Western release of the cover, it does look like it's aimed more at like generic audiences rather than Wings. anime fans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I can see why, but I do agree that I prefer the Japanese cover to what I've seen online of the Western release. Mm. But if you have no idea what we're talking about, we should probably actually say what Kagami no Kojo is. It's about a lonely castle in a mirror. Yeah, that's it. There we go. The main character is the castle. It's taught from the perspective of the castle. And the love interest is the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) But they can't be together because the castle never feels it sees what the mirror is truly feeling. The mirror (laughs) just shows a reflection of the castle. (laughs) Okay, that's all bullshit. Uh, We're Um, making our new light novel. (laughs) (laughs) So Kagami no Kojo is actually about a first year middle schooler called Kokoro, who for some reason can't go to school and so she's stayed at home pretty much for a, a couple of months i think at the start of the story i thought it was pretty quick no i think she's home don't for they like... kick it off at the beginning by saying it's like in june so i'd be i guess that'd be yeah. two months i'd be two months you're right absolutely okay so she was probably went to school for a month and then something and happened then the plot happened and then she was home for a month and then the story starts yes Fair and enough. so the first it's very much a Slice, well, not really a slice of life. It's very much a coming of age fantasy mystery novel story. Yes. I mean, I think we can give the basic premise without calling it a spoiler. Yes. While at home, her mirror glows, and upon touching it, she's sucked into a world in which the only thing that exists is a castle on an island surrounded by water, where she finds six other kids. Yeah. And something called a young girl called Okami Summer. Yes. Who's the, a wolf. Yeah. A young girl wearing a wolf mask. Wolf mask. Who's like, if you can find the mystery in this castle, you get whatever you want. Yes. Like literally, I will grant you your wish. I will grant you a wish. Only one of you can get it, so good luck. Yep. And she pieces out. Kind of. She shows up a couple times. She does. But yeah, that's, that's basically the basic premise. Yeah. Apparently the author, Mizuki Tsuchimura, said that this novel began as a story that would comfort and encourage both myself when I was a child and myself as an adult now. So she kind of wrote this story both for middle schoolers and for adults. Kind of okay. a whole range. Okay. I think most of the people in the audience who we went to see it were adults. Oh yeah, definitely. I think there were a couple kids, but I think it was mostly adults. And it wasn't even like a late night showing. No. No. I mean, it was clearly popular enough because the movie came out in Japan in December. And we ended up going to see it in early February, which normally doesn't happen. Normally a movie, if it's not really that popular, will disappear pretty quickly. Yeah, we almost missed it. So we got actually, I think, one of the last showings and it was still full. It was still full. And it's not like prices are discounted because the movie's on the way out. Mm. So this was still full ticket price, full theater. People wanted to see the movie. And I'm really glad we saw it in the cinemas, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, I think... I don't think it needed the big screen. There are movies that I think if you don't see it in a theater, you're going to miss a lot of it. I don't think it needed it, but I think it was enhanced by it. So I guess this conversation is kind of going to be about both the movie and the novel. I haven't read the novel. Although you haven't read the novel. (laughs) So yeah, so it'll be then... Because I feel a lot of times when you adapt a movie from a novel, bits get cut. Or changed. Yes. To, to, you know, suit the new medium. Like, if we compare it to a previous discussion we had about Bullet Train, which is also based on a novel. But neither of us had read the novel. Neither of us have read the novel, but the it 
from what I've seen about other people who have read the novel, it's very, very different. And okay. it changes a lot. Mm. Whereas this adaptation definitely did not change mm. that much. And I thought it did a fantastic job adapting like the story into a visual medium. Good. Because it is one of those things that it's always curious if you can have that conversation as to how does someone who doesn't have the background mm. mm-hmm. react, understand just what they've seen, just the visual media as opposed to the written. And what did you think? Because you hadn't read the original. Yeah, it was okay. What? No, I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I got a Buster Chops, Jen. <sighs> so mean to me. No, nah, no. Nah, when I see the head inflating, I got to get the pin out and deflate it again. My head wasn't inflating. Oh, no. Fill in the room. I just thought you'd like it. I did like it. Good. <laughs> Some of it, though, I don't know if this was dealing with a shortened runtime. You have a lot more space in a book, I feel. Yeah. Usually. Sometimes they take a book and they balloon it into too much runtime mm. and they start making stuff up. Mm-hmm. And then you wind up with an entire third movie that's entirely superfluous that nobody likes. Yeah. Or even possibly a fourth movie that nobody likes. Yes. If this is a trilogy that they split into four parts. Yeah. Which is stupid. Or just a single book they split into three parts. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. So, but in this case... You know, it it had a pretty tight standard runtime, mm-hmm. a little under two hours, if I remember right. And the novel over on our shelf is somewhat chunky. Yeah, it's almost six hundred pages. Yeah, it's, in in the paperback, six hundred pages in hardback, and in paperback, it's split into two volumes. Yeah, that's pretty common over here. That's common. Yeah, just easier to carry, easier to deal with, easier to bind, probably. Yeah, but it it is one of the more lengthier novels that I've read. You don't wind up with one of those. Game of Thrones or Brandon Sanderson oh, no. bricks. <laughs> no. When those are translated into Japanese, they're like five volumes. Yeah. But anyway, so, um, but because of that, so I, I enjoyed the movie, but you've got your main character, Kokoro, and she meets up with six other kids in the mirror world. And she is both introduced and treated as your main character in kind of solving this mystery. Yes, because she's the story is told from her perspective. The story is told from her So it's when you go back to the real world. I don't know why I'm putting that in air quotes. It is a real world. Yeah. It's always following her. It's yeah. not following one of the six other kids. And so the story is a mystery. I keep wanting to say the novel, but I haven't read it. So the story is a mystery. What is the castle? Who is Okami-sama? What is the mystery of the castle to get your wish? And why are all these kids here? And why are all these kids here? Why, why do we have these seven kids? And so in order to, I guess, mislead would be the best word for it. The reader, so they're not just instantly figuring things out, you've got seven kids. But it really feels like in the film, four of them are just extras. They have no real impact on the plot. Mm. And the one thing one of them does that could have a massive impact on the plot, you could have easily moved to another kid. And so I don't know, maybe you can tell me in the novel if they're given more chance to flesh them out. Now, I feel that when you are dealing with a limited runtime, you do want to focus on your main characters and you really want to be able to spend time with them to give them the growth they need so that you don't end up with seven barely, seven just paper cutouts. I think So I do think having three real characters is better than seven so-so characters. Yeah. But it does mean you wind up with four kids just sitting around 
as set dressing. I feel like uh, I want to say they did more in the novel, but I don't. I'm not too sure if they actually did or not because it's been a couple of years since I've read it. I do remember that I, I mentioned already that the hardback 600 pages long, and this is the typical Japanese storytelling structure of Kisho Tenketsu, where it has a really, really slow ramp up, and then there's a massive twist, and then everything concludes. So I remember when I was reading the novel, it felt like nothing really happened for 350 to 400 pages. <laughs> and then everything happens in the last like 250 odd pages, maybe 200, which in the movie, I mentioned this to you afterwards, those like last 200 odd pages are the second half of the movie, which yeah. worked really well. But, and this is coming back to your criticism about the other characters, I feel like in, in like you said, those first like 400 odd pages you definitely have more of a relationship build up between Kokoro and the other characters mm. and they like I feel like in the movie they did the same things that they did in the book there really wasn't much different but saying that they still I don't know I think because because it takes so long to read a book it didn't feel like they were pointless it felt like you were kind of having these interactions between the characters and you could feel their relationships forming which i guess you couldn't quite squeeze into the movie the movie so that bit to me when you're saying it feels like nothing's happening for the beginning chunk the movie had a bit that kind of felt like that but i feel in the movie they they didn't fully but they almost like condensed it into a montage yeah where you're kind of getting this it's not a slice of life anime but you get a slice of life glimpse into what life is like in the castle yeah where nothing's happening, but you just see him doing things in the castle. Yes. But you also don't see him trying to like solve anything. It, yes. It just, it's just like this run of six months or so, where it's just people hanging, out. hanging out, treating it like a clubhouse, yeah. not caring. That's exactly what happens in the book, actually. And that was one of my criticisms of the book. And I think that's definitely coming from a Western storytelling perspective because we're used to, oh, you're thrown into a mystery, you're thrown into like this strange world, and you're told to go find something and you're going to dedicate all your time to like solving this mystery whereas in this novel slash movie the kids are like let's just hang out and do whatever we want we don't really care about solving this mystery and definitely in the book it felt like Kokoro barely looked in the castle it felt like she barely explored like it's described as a castle so you imagine like this huge massive building yeah but really she doesn't really go anywhere and it felt like, I, again, I think this is coming from a Western perspective and reading a lot of fantasy as a kid. And it felt like almost like a missed opportunity for her and for the storyteller. It did. I think, so we were talking about how there's multiple mysteries. Mm. What is the castle? Why are the kids here? Who is Okami-sama? Where is the secret? Right? And so I kind of feel like the second one, why are the kids here, is somewhat answered by the montage, the, but I don't. Yeah. But it, it That's why you don't get it in the moment. Like when you think about it yes. later, you're kind of like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But by not montage, so if they spend more time fleshing it out in the books, like those interactions that you see briefly flicker by, if you spend more time in the book fleshing it out, I actually think that I would be okay with that. Yeah, it would still kind of be like you're in a castle, do something. Yeah. But then when you get to the end and look back on it, you'd be like, I get it. Yes. 
that that's that's what I felt when I got to the end of the book and I had some time to think about it and I was like, okay, I didn't I felt like they didn't take advantage of this fantasy aspect, but that wasn't the point of the book. Yeah. The point of the book is coming of age, you know, realizing what matters most important in your life and the friends we made along the way. (laughs) So it's a shonen anime. (laughs) No, 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 no. Okay, good. So so we've got Kokoro and her Nakama. (laughs) Coming to defeat the Okami. (laughs) Oh, so it's Naruto now. No. (laughs) Before anyone gets on me, I know that foxes and wolves are different. Let's just let it ride. Not in Japan. Yes, they are. Foxes and wolves. These aren't mice and rats. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I I know Japanese. I don't know Japanese. I don't know what Japanese. Shush you. Shush you. (laughs) No self-deprecation. So we have nothing else to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away. Self-deprecation. You've taken away my only tool. Ah! I have no more jokes to make. I'm not funny without my self-deprecating humor. No. So... (laughs) So yeah, that was one of my issues, is that... I felt like some of the characters were kind of pointless. Yeah, I think though, like, you don't... I, so there's the main resolution to kind of the main mystery, right? Yeah. And I feel that keeping that, again, as I said slightly before, keeping that focused works really well. You kind of get a spider web that encompasses those four less... Well, three of the less important characters. One of them's just there, which I hate to say about him, but he's just there. They just they they literally just put in one kid to be the oddball, which is weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. So you kind of do get a spider web that encompasses three of the other characters. But I do like the fact that, you know, you didn't have to make an overly convoluted thing to tie them all in. Having your resolution just be focused on a couple of core characters, I think, works better in a mystery sometimes. I mean, not to not to aid on it or to jump away too much, but so murder on the Orient Express mm-hmm. by the end of that, when they're revealing the fact spoilers no. for murder. Well, I guess, I guess that story is like Actually, 50 years old. Even if the film's more recent, the story is super old. Okay. Well, I didn't know it until I watched the film. Okay. I won't spoil, spoil murder on the Orient Express. Thank you. But that one, they tie in possibly more characters than they should yes. to a final resolution. And so it kind of feels a little bit overly convoluted. And I'm glad we avoided that in the resolution of this. I think it was stronger for it. But it also meant that... But it also means you got four characters, characters that are worthless. Who, yeah. Yeah. Not worthless, I mean, but not important. They were key to a certain element of the mystery that hints to the resolution. I suppose. But they are they are more important than just that. Mm. Well, that also, though, kind of gets to another bit in that... There is a key moment in this movie. Like, once you get past the montage, all of a sudden things kick off. Yeah, that's that's, that's, when your, that's when your twist starts happening. Yes. But when that happens, for me at least, my brain kind of immediately went, oh, here's the solution. Yeah. And so usually I feel in a mystery you don't get that until the end. Mm, which in the yeah. movie it was halfway through well, but in the book in it was the, the end in the movie it was three quarters of the way through and the book it was like 150 200 pages from the end because then they have the whole bit after that one mystery is solved and then you get 
Well, I don't want to give a spoiler, but for me, it was it was January. You know, we kind of say this yeah. kicks off in June. It was the event that happens in January that I was kind of like, ah, I see what's happening here. Well, that's the thing about Japanese mystery novels, which you can take as either a good thing or a bad thing. They're setting things up so that the reader goes before it happens. Ah, I see what's happening here. Which is good. Which is good. Which is good. I like that in a mystery. I like... I prefer when they don't when they don't have their detective characters pull some bullshit out. And then a step later, they go, "Ah, but did you see the second twist? Ah ha ha!" And this story definitely has that. Mm, that is true. And the second twist, I liked it. I liked it because because I liked it. <laughs> I don't want to say why I liked it because it's spoilers. No, I I, <laughs> I liked it. You my issue so we spent were annoyed about it. We spent a good half of our episode about Bell ripping on the fact that the entire third act comes out of nowhere and is weird. Now yes. they don't do that in this movie. Yes. They do they mostly condense this extra twist to the final twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. Yeah. Right? So assuming we're talking about the same one here. Yes. Well, I felt so strange about it because I I think it works better here than in Bell because I think that it actually ties into the story that's being told, unlike Bell, where it was just, let's just stick something random on for the last 30 minutes of the movie. It's yeah. like, wh- why? Yeah. Why? What are we doing? So I feel that it worked better here. The part that I felt so, so weird about it in this one is that in that last 15 minutes, it almost feels like they just decided... Oh, by the way, Kokoro is not actually the main character. This other kid is. And that was really weird to me because you've spent this entire time. Like, you've got Kokoro as your main actress. You've got two others as best supporting actor actresses. And then you've got the four superfluous ones. Sorry. The the ensemble, you know, to use stage terms. The ensemble is probably a nice way of putting it. Yes. So you've got the ensemble... If this was Takarazuka, four of the kids would come out not wearing feathers. <laughs> yes. Two would come out with pretty decent peacock tails. And then Kokoro would come down with just so many feathers sticking out of her. You wouldn't actually know where Kokoro was. I, in the midst I feel of it. like this reference is even more obscure. I don't care. I don't care. I don't than care. the theater I reference. I don't care. Takarazuka is amazing, but I don't care. But what's weird to me <laughs> is that it feels like you've got Kokoro coming down the stairs at the end of a and Takarazuka show. And this other character, show, like, and runs other on character just, pushes her out like, the just way. runs up and goes, yoink, and steals her feathers. <laughs> That's what was so weird to me. Like I think, I think that it fits. I'm the main character now, bitch. Right? I think that it's like I... it wasn't that violent. No, it's not. It's not violent at all. But it just it feels like like you're in the finale, and then another character goes, "It was me all. Al- it was me, the main character. It was me all along." <laughs> and then you know, it's like I, I. It was weird to me. Fair enough. But I do think that it serves the story really well. This being told surrounding the kids in the castle. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with Kokoro. <laughs> but I like how they, they do tie that back in at the end. And they, they do a really great job of um, bookending the movie, which I noticed because I've read the book. So at the start, Kokoro was like wishing that she could have a transfer student come in and save her from her miserable life. And then... And then that goes, you, that ties in nicely at the end. Shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's done so naturally because of yeah. her neighbor. I didn't pick up on that at all. Damn. 
<laughs> we'll have to watch it again. Damn. <laughs> you know, this, that is so just going to lead me back to one of the things that I know we both said before. It's just better when it's based on a book. It's so much better <laughs> when it's based on a book and when they don't try to change things. Yeah. Like, they did change a few things, and I think for timing purposes and for visual purposes because like in a novel you don't have that visual medium mm. whereas in the movie they kind of they had a little bit where like there's really this amazing music playing and it's really slow and it's emotive and it's like oh this is great and it was like that none of that's in the book some of the music annoyed me in the movie <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> i like the music i like the music for the most part there is a couple of scenes. Like, I feel like the music in a scene is supposed to support the emotions. And uh, not, like, not dictate the emotion. Yeah, there's a yeah, few times when the music just kind of wanted to, it was like standing there just whacking you over the head with a cudgel going, do you get it? Do you get it? And I was like, yeah, I get it. This is an emotional climax. Shut the fuck, Shut the fuck up. up and let me enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so th there were a couple of times when I felt the music just needed to slow its roll a little bit. But saying that, I mean, I think it was there, there were a lot of people crying. Oh yeah, yeah, you in, were in one the of theater. Them. I was very good about not actually shedding any tears. You, can... I teared up, but I didn't cry <laughs> this time. I'm not gonna like <laughs> give you a shit for doing it. I know, but you mentioned it every single time. Like when we went to see Violet Evergarden. Oh and man! I, like, oh my goodness! I, I was I was cried. like I was sitting there like debating: Do I need to go back out and get her another drink? My wife is dehydrated. <laughs> I ugly cried. My mask was like drenched, and I was like, I wish I'd brought in a spare mask. Oh, geez, we walked out of the theater there, and they're getting ready with mops to go in to try to get these off. <laughs> it was it was just like oh, I don't know what it is about Japanese stories where they're like. Oh, here, I'm just gonna just grab you by the and just twist your heart. Ah, there, haha. -ha, well, that's, that's a trick, right? Is they're not just content to stab you. They really gotta twist it. Yeah, they gotta twist the knife. Yeah. So you're really bawling. Yeah. And so, but I, I do, I feel like when this movie hits its emotional climaxes, it does it really, really well. <laughs> multiple climaxes. Multiple climaxes. Yeah, yeah. Multiple just, times when you're crying. <laughs> the music. Pull the music back a little bit. Yeah. Let it support. So yeah, I'm not trying to hate on the music, just overbearing Fair. a bit. Not the main climax. Not the main climax. But there was one of those moments that I really enjoyed that I think kind of served, I don't even want to say like a mini climax, but- A bit where you're like punching the air going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? I think I know which bit you're talking about. Yeah. So I feel this isn't common in manga or anime. Actually, in good ones it is. But I feel in a lot of base, I don't know. It, yes. The parental roles yes. are really well represented in this, I felt. Well, the one parental role, the, the yes. dad isn't present so much in the film as he is. Actually, He's not think, present in the film. Oh, he yeah. does show up in like the first scene. I know, he he leaves early. Yeah. But, so, so yeah, I'm, so yeah. Kokoro's mom yeah. is amazing. Yes. We need more anime moms like her. And I guess actually a lot of time you do, if it is a nice supportive character, it is the mom. That's true, yeah. Which like, is a shame that they need more. They need more supporting dad roles. I don't really care for uh, my hero anymore, but Deku's mom is great. So uh, Komi's mom is great. Kagome's <laughs> mom is great. So you get so many good mom roles. So uh, Kokoro doesn't go to school, and so at the start of the film, like you see her mom being like visibly frustrated. She doesn't shout at Kokoro. She's just like annoyed. <sighs> she's not going to go to school again. Fine, yes. I'll call school. I'll let them know. Whatever, I'm just I'm gonna go to work. 
It's things to, yeah, got things to do. Got things to do. I'm trying to put up with this bullshit. And but but you say that while she's visibly frustrated, she is also setting up like supplementary lessons for her daughter to make sure that she's still staying up with her education, even if she's not going to compulsory school. Yes. So even in that moment, she's not just ignoring her daughter. Yes. Which I thought was really important. Yes. And she's not shouting at her. She's not like, you know, dragging her to school. And she's, you know, trying the best she can to be supportive. Yes. And then later on, Kokoro tells her mom why she isn't going to school. And then it's like a, a switch flips. And she's like, I'm sorry I wasn't there for you. And you're jeering up right now. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, but it was that it was that scene and that like she's not she doesn't know what's going on with her daughter early. Yeah. And she's frustrated and upset by it, but she's still being supportive. And then when she finds out what's wrong, she's immediately taking steps to redress it. To redress it. Not to like To address it. To address it. To yeah. like Yeah. And it's not like She's going my way or the highway. It's got to be this way. Here's how we're going to do. Here's you know she works with Kokoro to resolve the issue in a way that's satisfactory. Yeah. For them both. Yeah. Not just oh we're going to get you back to school, but we're going to get you back to school in a way that you feel comfortable with, that we both agree. With. It was just and if ugh, like you don't so even good. have to go back to school, we could send you to a different school. We could do a different school. There are options. We've got the, like, the we can keep doing the supplementary lessons. We can keep doing the at home study, which she's also doing. Just you know, yeah, they she's there and she is, she cares. Yeah, she cares. She cares. She's a good anime mom. Good anime mom. And she didn't even have to die to do it. <laughs> Yay! Sorry, I don't know. I I hear the word anime mom and instantly my. Head goes to ponytail off to the side, <laughs> dead in episode two. You know, pretty standard things. Full Metal Alchemist. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yep. But we're getting off the subject. Perhaps a little bit. <laughs> so, what did you think of the movie overall? Despite the fact that I sit here critiquing the heck out of it. As you always do. As I always do. I mean, I think I've said in a podcast before. If I critique it, it means I liked it more. Usually, because I'm willing to critique it. If I tear it apart. Yeah, if I tear it apart, I hated it. <laughs> no, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it was, I thought the characters were really, re, were well fleshed out. I thought the story was well told. I thought the music was overbearing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it leads up to its mystery well. Like, mm -hmm. kind of, I think it, like, we talk about the, fact there's four mysteries i think they're well resolved mm -hmm. yeah everything is yeah everything is resolved i think they're tied together well mm -hmm. so yeah thoroughly enjoyable i'm just glad we went to see it i think if you have never read the book and you're not interested in reading the book you'll get the same story from the movie without yeah really condensed into two hours of entertainment which is not a bad way to consume a story no but if you are interested, then I do highly recommend you go read the book as well. And then hopefully, if it comes out in your area and you're able to go see it legally or, you know, buy the DVD or watch it on streaming, go do that for sure. Yeah, I think if you if it gets one of those quick runs through theaters, try to go see it because it was really enjoyable on a big screen. But I also know sometimes, especially with those quick runs, those can be exorbitant ticket prices and it might not even get one. So if you get the chance, watch it. And if you can't see it on the theater, try that. And in the meantime, we're going to get the Blu-ray and probably rewatch it. Yes. Excellent. When it releases. When it releases. Which is always like an eight-month window in this country. Yeah. 
it'll happen when it happens. In the meantime, we can watch I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. And then we can talk about that one. <laughs> I only have the one pancreas. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of Altafasusme. You can find us at our website, www.annabrosecreative.com. And possibly on Twitter, because Twitter's kind of broken right now at Annabrose Creative. Twitter's doing Twitter things. Yeah. That's, but that's another that's subject. That's what I say. Uh, yeah. I've been Jen. I've been Wesley. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>